it's not based on interest. The jobs and the roles and the things that we do are not based on our interests. They're based on what's available, hmm. right? So what's available is what people are willing to pay you for. And right now everyone's saying like, pick me, pick me, pick me, look at this, look at my work, look at this, look at my work. And behind every single artist, there is a person who's saying, I really love working on this thing. So why are we here right now? Why? Uh, why are we here? Let me tell you. Okay. All right. <laughs> so this is all stemming from my idea. I thought it would be helpful to give a little bit of context, a bit more about who we are and kind of what we do and get to know us a little bit more deeply because, you know, we're doing a lot of interviews right now. We're meeting a lot of guests. We're talking to different people. We're trying to provide as much education around the content of animated stuff as we possibly can. And in that process, we haven't really talked about us in some way. I don't think we need to talk about us. You know, sometimes it's a marketing strategy. <laughs> so we're going to use this opportunity okay. to talk a little bit about us, mm -hmm. to get you, potential listener, to know us a little bit more, I'm whether gonna, you I'm, like us I'm or gonna not. I'm going to reluctantly let's... talk about us. <laughs> so we're kind of playing a little bit of a game here. Jackson, yeah. our producer, is joined with us today, too, which Come is going to be very game. exciting. Thank you, Jackson. Uh, Yes, thank you for putting up with us all day. <laughs> so we have we have brought to the table, each of us, some questions for each other. We do not know what these questions are, That's so right. we're getting a little surprise in, in a way. From, we're all being surprised. We're all being surprised yeah. right now. Although mine are still educational for the people who are actually listening in here. So Mine are a mix. So, <laughs> yeah. we'll see so don't happens. worry, listeners. I feel like I'm going to have questions at least that will help you in some way. No, nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the point is to be silly and fun and just talk about ourselves sure. in a way. Sure. Would you like to start first or would you like me to start first or would you like Jackson to Let's start Let's keep first? people interested. I will I will give it to Jackson. Jackson's Let's our producer. He's been interested. <laughs> You're, they're already dropping out. <laughs> gone. They're gone. Jackson, do you want to give us our first outside question? <clears throat> sure, I would love to. So my first question is, if you had the opportunity to do something else in your field, what would it be or would you change fields? Ooh. That is a very good question. I have like a, a legitimate answer to this is that I have always said that like in the event that our company doesn't work out, which, you know, you have to plan for an yeah. like something if, in case that happens. All businesses fail. All businesses <laughs> in fail. In some degree. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. all, they're all born, they all grow up and then they all die. That's just what <laughs> just happens. Just like life. We're just going like life. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, no. So in that vein, I have always said that like, my backup for a little while would be to like work at a nonprofit, doing something that's off the computer, like mm. really like hands on grassroots level. Like that's where I would want to be for a little while if I had that ability. If I was going to stay in the in the animation industry, like because I, you know, I'm primarily a character animator. I've been doing that for over a decade, mostly in the video game kind of space, but now kind of in commercial advertising work. Right. So if I wasn't an animator, I I think I might be like a, maybe a, oh, I want to be like, there's two sides of it. There's the business side and the creative side. So like on the business side, I would probably make a decent project manager full time. Like being able to manage people's schedules, make sure everybody's on the same page, make sure everybody's communicating effectively. Like that 
it's like right in the center of the action. Mm. So I would like that a lot. On the creative side, uh, you know, I'd, I'd give maybe modeling a go. <laughs> 3D modeling. modeling. Okay. Yeah. Not, not modeling like like fashion modeling, like 3D modeling. <laughs> 3D modeling. Yeah. <laughs> Different kind of modeling. Yes. That's when you create uh, things from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Digital assets from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um. Well, I, you know, I'm thinking about how the tools are going to change in the future. Okay. I think automation is going to be really big. So, and, and I use that sort of every day today. So mm-hmm. I'd probably move more towards the automation side of stuff. Okay. Um, I like the idea of making machines do what, what I want them to do and work for me when I'm not doing the work. Um, so I like doing that. You're right that there's two sides. There's like a creative and then there's a business side. Um, to the idea that if I didn't do what I was doing now, what what else would I would do? I would be wanting to run operations in a different, in a uh, maybe at a different company mm-hmm. again through automation, maybe through some AI tools. Still in that realm. Um, okay. If it was creative, I mean, I'm a, a pretty big generalist. So, mm-hmm. um, generalist being a term in our industry that means like you you do a little bit of a lot of different types of things. So I can model, I can. Yeah, you're I'm like not a jack of all not trades. A, yeah, kind of I'm not yeah. a rigger. I understand rigging in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an animator. I understand animation in general. I'm not a character animator. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, motion graphics artist mostly, but uh, designer. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably do some character design uh, yeah. in some in some capacity. Um, background work, set modeling, set design, all of those things I've done. Um, I've done some VFX work, compositing uh, over live action. That's what we do sometimes. I've done that. So if I were to pick any one of those and go like deep, heavily deep into it, mm-hmm. um, I think I would probably m- move more towards the character designer mm. aspect of it. I like, I mean, obviously we've always wanted to tell stories and like oh, yeah. sort of design. And so I have a bunch of designs in my head that I've never really gotten out mm-hmm. um, in terms of that. I'm not a good drawer. That's the thing is like, I don't draw necessarily. I, I work with vector work, vector right. artwork. So I'd be a pretty good character designer within vector mm. graphics and stuff like that. That's um, a fair, fair answer. Yeah. I'm I getting, guess... I am getting better every single, you know, I, I try a little bit to draw and, and, and paint. Um, <laughs> I, dabble. You know, I dabble. I dabble. I dabble in MS Paint. I, I dabble in the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I dabble an, in the it's tools. It's a hobby of mine. Dabble yeah. in the tools. Uh, yeah. I guess cool. I want question. Yeah, well I want to throw it back to Jackson. Uh-oh. Jackson, if you could have any role in the animation mm. industry, Ooh. knowing what you now know, yeah. uh, what would you want to do? Right, you've done enough of these episodes that you know a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I have to go off the drawing where yeah, I could barely make a small a smiley face look good. Right, right. <laughs> so um probably like graphic animation, like not mm. like you know, dealing with like graphic people, but like just graphics in general, like a lower third or a mm. motion graphic, anything like that, I would want to get into. Yeah, usually, I think usually video people go into motion graphics, and a lot of motion graphics people go into video. Mm. Right. And they it's forget, a nice compliment to each they, other. Yeah, yeah, they do compliment them really well. A lot of people forget about character animation if they're not in the entertainment. How dare you? Right. <laughs> no, they do. Like in the in the like motion graphics and video field, yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, characters is just like a whole other thing it that is, I, I, w- I wouldn't touch. Because um, <laughs> it does take a long time to learn. I can agree with that. I really don't want to get in. I yeah, don't want to touch it. You know, I don't you know it's fair. It. It's not for everybody to be like, like I love spending eight hours looking at like the the different joints in a finger and how mm. they move over three frames. I could do that all day. I that, would go actually, absolutely so that's crazy. a good segue into my question. Oh, okay. Here's my okay. question Let's for you. It. Wait one second, because I'm locked out of my iPad. Um, 
how do you prepare to tackle a character animation shot? Ooh, I guess, well, let me go back to my character animation hat. Let me put it on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, how do, basically, how do I approach, like, yeah, how do you approach, yeah, what's your thought process to approaching a character animation shot? Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. So, uh, but also for our listeners, maybe outline what you usually get as a character animator first so that we understand what you're working with. Right. So, maybe I'll get, either a storyboard that somebody has made that says like these are the shots that are happening in the sequence of the animation here's the story that storyboard usually has some like key drawings to show you the like expression of the character and maybe some of the timing beats that like you have to hit at a certain point in time uh if i'm not getting a storyboard i'll sometimes get if i'm in 3d like a 3d layout Mm. and so the character will already be put in place, but it will kind of be in this like what we call a T pose in animation and it'll or just an po- or, or an, an A pose. pose and it'll just kind of like move around in like this crazy pattern, but it's just to get a sense of like okay, the character will be here at frame 1 and frame here, you know, frame at by frame 30 it'll be over here. Right, right. So it's just to get a sense of like timing, spacing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um so regardless of which ones I get, I usually ask a couple questions. I'll say, mm. you know, is this sorry, something? Who, sorry, who are you asking? To myself. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll ask a, a couple questions because okay. I'll I'll understand the character at that point, right? right? I know what the character's thinking and mm-hmm. feeling and doing in that moment in time because of the story. Uh, but I like to think about: Is this something that I need to create reference footage on my own for? Mm. Reference footage meaning like I will actually film and act out right. the 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 gesture that needs to happen, right. um, and usually. I say yes to that if it's something like an acting piece or I can do it within my confines of my own acting ability right, right. <laughs> just to get a sense of like this is kind of where I'm going with the idea okay. because I'll do multiple takes of that and say like you know instead of just waving this way it depends on how the character's feeling so maybe it's a big gesture maybe it's a a kind of kooky gesture <laughs> like so you have to act it out I have to act it out yeah. to for certain types of shots yeah if it's something that I can't do like parkour Parkour. (laughs) or like anything that requires physical like ability that I don't have uh, I will either gather reference from the internet because that's a great place to gather reference from because people film that kind of stuff or I will um, do very very terrible drawings Mm -hmm. Uh, just and usually we call them thumbnails but they're just kind of like a, a rough idea of like okay the character needs to be in this kind of major pose or action here um even if i can't draw it just gives me a sense of like this is where i want the idea to flow because even in that layout and even in the storyboard they're giving you a sense of like here's point a here's point b but you as the animator have to figure out how to get there Mm. and like which way you're directing the characters or the audience's eyes to and like Mm. how they're expressing themselves and does it feel believable to the character so Mm. i ask myself a lot of questions and then clarify that through the reference and the drawings that I make and then I mean just like we talked about before animations 80% planning yeah. <laughs> and then 20% just going in and making it do move. you ever uh, this is just a process question yeah. but do you ever go in and like take frames from the footage or whatever put it into the program and like match or I, I've seen people do it yeah. I, I typically don't what mm. I will do is I'll I'll take a reference video and I'll um I'll analyze it on my own side. So I'll be like, okay, what's happening with the arcs here of the character? What's happening with the timing and spacing? If it's something that I need to like more closely match, otherwise I'll kind of like, 
I'll be I'll make a note to myself of like, okay, frame three is something I focus on. It's why I have multiple monitors so that the video stays on one side, the character stays on another, and kind of go from there. So yeah, it's it's a long winded approach, but it is an approach. Cool. <laughs> Yeah. Then you do post to pose normally. Yeah, post to yeah. pose instead of layered. Not shout out to anybody who can do layered animation. Mm. It is so it, my brain breaks, and I <laughs> so I I applaud you for yeah. being able to do it. For listeners who don't know anything about animation, layered animation, at least in three D character animation, it's the idea of, that you're like you're starting with the base, so you only animate the spine up, or like you you animate from ah. the waist up to the. The, t- the torso and you're animating the physical aspects of that body part and then you add layers on top of it so then you might animate the legs then you might animate the hands then yeah, you might, yeah sorry yeah. That, I mean that's a little bit of what I mean but there's like mm-hmm. there's animation layers like say in Maya yeah you have animation layer like there's a whole layer system oh yeah you can like hide body parts if you want to Jackson how much character animation are you going to do now that you've <laughs> heard about this approach I think I'm just getting more scared as you guys keep talking about it <laughs> That's fair. Let me, I'll bring it back around to a question that I have um, kind of related. So uh, my very first question that is very important, maybe it's a question for both of you. Okay. I want you to think about how you would approach this. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? I don't know how you measure wood. This is what I wanted to know. I wanted this to is know the what questions you would ask to make sure you could answer this, this is question. A, this is a problem with that whole riddle. How do you measure the wood? How much wood is it? Is it in tons? Are we talking about in barrels? Are we I mean, how big wood? is the woodchuck? How big is the woodchuck? <laughs> There's a lot of questions here. Mm. And like, how f- like does it matter? At what counts as a chuck? Is it like tossing it or, or does it, or do you have to like mm. bite it all the way through? Mm. There's a lot of problematic things with that question. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'm against all woodchucks now. Right, yeah. <laughs> you're protesting. <laughs> all right, that was my fake question. Okay. My uh, my real question is, um, what are some of things about the animation industry right now mm-hmm. today that, in a way, kind of grinds your gears, as they say in Family Guy sometimes, or it frustrates you that you want to see changed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a bigger existential question, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that I hate around the industry get into it is that <laughs> um, it's not based on interest. The jobs and the roles and the things that we do are not based on our interests. They're based on what's available, hmm. right? So what's available is what people are willing to pay you for. And right now, everyone's saying, like, pick me, pick me, pick me. Look at this. Look at my work. Look at this. Look at my work. And behind every single artist, there is a person who's saying, I really love working on this thing. Mm. I love really, I I love cars. Let's just give you an example. I love cars. I'm an animator, but I love cars. And so I'm gonna do, I wanna do character animation or car animation for for my job, right? But the work that's being like advertised or or given Mm -hmm. is based on sort of maybe financial services, whatever. So you have to go and try to find based on your interest what it is that you're looking for. And most artists, what they do is say, well, I know this tool or I know I have these skills and they never lead with the interest. Mm. I love cars and I'm an animator. Find me. That's a different level of interaction and it's a different way of hiring. It's a different way of putting the matching those two things together. That's so, that's fair. I mean, because because yeah. that can be hard too. Like, I think you'd have to find multiple interests. Because like, if I love marching band, right. like I don't know how many people are asking for marching band animation, but right. I might find one. 
That's but all I need. you might find many. <laughs> if if I were the person in between saying, "Oh, you like band and Jackson over there is hiring because he has he owns a school mm-hmm. and wants to do like an animated thing around band," like and then I can match you guys together right, because right. you have a shared interest. Your work is going to be 10 times, 20 times better than if you were working on a financial services company. That's true. If I'm following making, my passion of what I want exactly. to animate. That's th- what Jackson this goes back to you. What kind of animation would you love to work on? Right beyond beyond the tools. yeah yeah right. begin uh, beyond that I mean only because you said it like I'm a car guy like that'd be cool ah, that'd be cool to animate some cars like that'd be cool yeah you know? and they're not that hard to animate actually <laughs> <laughs> now nah, don't tease me now I gotta learn now I'm like I gotta learn now we're yeah. we're just trying to com- the whole episode is it's just to trying to convert Jackson, Jackson into, into an animator <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's all working <laughs> sadly it is yeah personal Ooh, questions or sorry yeah we do have a question. I am. Oh. I, I, start, I just. Did you? Did you I write just one for reminded, the audience? No, no. Mm. We got our first. This is our first pod question. Okay. This is from Tiago in Brazil, mm-hmm. and he asked us, "How do you work with international freelancers?" That is a great question. Yeah, uh, we've worked with them a number of ways. Yes. Right. Uh, so let's see. We are a completely open to working with international freelancers. Uh, the only real difference from like a like a paperwork standpoint is that you don't have to file a W-9 with us. Yeah, and you don't file taxes in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to do um, any any additional paperwork. Yeah. I don't think. But, yeah, I think. Check with our CPA. I think the process is the same. I mean, we have, uh, we ask questions about sort of your communication preferences, uh, especially if you have are primarily, a you know, have a primary language that is different than English. We Mm. try to make sure that we're accommodating. If you feel more comfortable writing versus having a conversation or a call, um, maybe you want to connect through Discord or something that we use for communication. Like we try to figure out your preference first and then kind of go from there. But the time zone, I mean, the, the way it works really is that we feel that any freelancer should be able to work on their own schedule, on their own time, as long as you know the deadline. Right, we say this is when we need it by. This is the first pass. This is when it's going to the client. Um, if you can do that, then you know. If you email us at four in the morning because it's it's noon your time, awesome. Yeah. That, that's totally fine. Yeah, usually your schedule is is lagged, so we set up the schedule so that it um it lags behind our actual deadlines. Mm-hmm. So there is some padding there that we add, obviously for internal reviews, but then also for delivery to the client mm-hmm. and their reviews. So. Um, but it, it doesn't really work any differently than any any regular uh, freelancer. Yeah. Internally, we do split up our production process so that you get a piece of the workflow rather than the entire workflow. Usually, we don't hire for the entire workflow because right, not yet anyway. <laughs> not yet anyway. <laughs> Maybe one but, day. Yeah, but you know, it's a lot of work for one person to do the entire thing, and we d- we realize that your specialty is what you love to do, and so let's go with your specialty first. And if there's additional things that you can do, then great. We'll note that. We know right. that. But it doesn't mean that we're going to hire you for those things. We're going to hire you for the thing that you love doing. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, we have a maybe a quick story to share on that front, too, because one mm. one way we've worked with like a freelancer that we didn't expect was that uh, we worked with this awesome character rigging artist. Uh, his name's Glober. From Brazil. Yeah. Shout out to Glober. He does oh. listen to the podcast. Yeah, hello. <laughs> um, and so we had a situation where uh, he emailed us and he said, you know, as in in lieu of 
a, a payment, an invoice that we usually send out, right? Yeah. Can we instead, can you, OpenPixel, can you purchase an item for me that I can't get in another country? I don't know I if that's super illegal or not, but we did it anyway. It, well, it was legal <laughs> according to our financial person. Yeah, that's we asked, why for, we asked our asked. financial people yeah, so, and they were like, yeah, sure, why not? Right, so, so we were able to, because we, we learned because we didn't know, but yeah. in like, in certain countries, it is difficult to get things shipped from the U.S. Very hard, apparently. Yeah, yeah. and so sometimes it's easier for uh, the item from to be shipped to the U.S. and then the item get, shipped into a, a certain warehouse location in the U.S., yeah. which then gets shipped to a different country. Yeah. Um, and that process can take a long time. Yeah. And if you don't have the right form of payment to make the um, you know purchase in America, it, it's just a, a pain in the butt. Yeah. And so um, yeah, we he asked us the question. I said. I'm not sure. Let me talk to my financial person because we've never had that come up before. But in the end, he got a guitar and it was awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> we've he seen did him a little, play it. Did yeah. a little LinkedIn article about it. Um, if you if you want, go check it out. Yes, definitely his check name out is his Glober story. Bello. Bello. B e l o. I hope um, we said your last name right. <laughs> but, Bello. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, but so it's it's kind of situations like that that I think. We are open to the flexibility of working internationally, both in time zones, because we're a remote-based yeah. company, um, and in just understanding your needs as an artist. Uh, we want to be able to support that journey no yeah. matter where you are. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're still looking to work with more people who are in different places. It's mm-hmm. just, um, you know, we got to figure out our marketing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think I asked my question. Do we want to pass it back to Jackson? Or yeah, go sure. To- yeah, Jackson, what do you got? Back okay. to me? All right. So my last question, uh, we brought this up in the beginning, but I'll bring it back up again a little bit. How do bring you feel about the creation of AI? And do you think that will impact jobs in your field? Ooh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I, can, I mean, I can go. Yeah. And uh, Will and I have definitely, uh, not necessarily two different takes on it. I think we've in some ways we feel the same way but how we uh then react to it is different i think we're i think we're trying to figure out how we feel as a company before we actually put out an episode about it Mm -hmm. we do want to talk about ai it's it's very prominent and it's very important yeah i think we know how we feel personally personally we i definitely know how i feel yeah um but i think as a company we want to say like okay how does this affect us and how do we Mm -hmm. talk about that but, so maybe start from there. How do you personally yeah. feel about AI? So I think so half of me is afraid and half of me is excited. And afraid is not even the right word. I think I'm concerned about what it will do to our realities, right? So um, social media was our sort of first level interaction with AI. Mm-hmm. There is AI in social media already, right? So you're looking through, you're scrolling through. AI is saying, oh, let me serve you this, let me serve you this, let me serve you this. And you can kind of see how social media impacted, you know, democracy or our our society in general. Like we're a little bit more disconnected, even though we're closer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're disconnected, even though we're, you know, on screens all day. And there's this like this this barrier that has been put in between the people on one side of the political aisle and other side of the political aisle. And and our views are skewed by what we see on our screens. Right. Because our screens are feeding us the things that we like to see, mm-hmm. right? And so the AI is already kind of changing the fabric of our society in some way. Now, AI is sort of the next level of that, which is gonna be scaled up to every single type of device and every single type of experience that you might have. 
So which sounds intimidating. Which sounds yeah. intimidating. And our brains obviously weren't ready for social media. They're mm-hmm. definitely not ready for AI. <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. not ready for AI. And so, you know, if you go online and you see something that you believe is real, mm-hmm. The person right next to you might be seeing something that's entirely the opposite, and they believe it's real. Yeah, I think, and so that's that's, yeah. that's the difference. That part that intimidates me is that idea that, like, even we've had these conversations before, where we'll look at something on social media and we'll be like, "Okay, we're professionals in the field. Like, this is very close." If it's not like there, there's something that draws in, ter- in terms of like reality, into, like it looks yeah, like reality. Yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. of what looks real and what doesn't, because yeah. we're st- we're staring at it, being like, man, if if this is fake, it's yeah. really really well done. Yeah, and so if if even the professionals are getting their eyes like yeah. mixed up on it, it's who's to say that the general public isn't like yeah. totally believing it? And so, yeah. so part of me is saying, well, trust trust in everything will be questioned. Mm. So how you trust people and what that means to you is going to have to be defined for yourself. And if you don't have that thought in your brain, like if you're not thinking about that, right. then the way your trust is is built will break down. Mm. <laughs> right? And so you can think like the person next to you might have a different level and, and, and way of trusting people that doesn't jive with yours. And now like it could be that you're on different sides with the people that you are normally with yeah. like the people you trust now might not be the people you trust later mm. which is freaking scary right well I guess that I, I would think that happens even in right. without AI there's definitely people I don't trust anymore that I but used to trust is, is that not because of social media right is that mm. not because of the technologies that have been put in place that do have AI in them yeah I, I think there's a mixed bag there I think depending it is. on just yeah how you is. get to know the person but yeah, uh, yeah I, I feel Similarly, in a lot of ways there, I'm I'm definitely more of the reactive, like, oh my goodness, it's taking over, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> I'm, I'm the panicker of the group, I think, yeah. between us. Um, but yeah, I feel that there are times when I'm reading about AI and I'm seeing, like, the benefit to it, like, the on the medical side in particular, I think it, it's making strides in yes. medicine and science in a way that, like, is really awesome to see. The fact yeah. that, you know, I think there was a recent study that was like, you know, being able to diagnose a patient with the right uh, cause or the right problem that they have. Right. It's the doctors are able to figure it out less than the AI can. The AI can detect, you know. Yeah, it's this, cancer. AI can yeah. detect cancer with doctors better than either or both alone. Right, so if right. the doctor can't do it by himself and the AI can't do it by himself, but together they're more more powerful yeah yeah that's so that's really interesting and that is something that i'd like to see you know pursue further yeah yeah Um, but i just i'm i'm on the side of like there's there's so many ways to manipulate ai especially like we're talking scammers we're talking like oh you know so for me from that standpoint i'm very against it yeah like just morally (laughs) yeah and so yeah yeah. i think that's the problem is like there's like social media there's there's two sides to the coin there's definitely a good side to social media it keeps you connected in some Mm -hmm. way you get to see pictures you connect with your families and friends whatever right but then there's this other side that's kind of being i don't know using the technology to do certain things usually for business purposes Mm -hmm. right for Mm -hmm. the outcome of more revenue and i think ai is going to do that in the same way yeah and so you know you yeah you're going to start seeing scammers like your 
mother might get a call that you've been abducted or whatever for ransom, send us. And it sounds like you on the phone. Yeah, pretty crazy. It sounds like you're saying, hey, mom, send mm-hmm. me some money, mm-hmm. you know? And it sounds like, you know, and that's just kind of scary to think about. But yeah. there's definitely tons of good benefits. Obviously, copy is the biggest one. Language is the biggest one. Like, it's it. our language is now synthesized in a way that, like, a machine can then just replicate language back to us. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I think is going to happen is that the AI is going to be a better persuader than most humans. Huh. So if I want to persuade you to do something, but you can see how that instantly can become really bad. Right. right? I could persuade you to think one way or the other. Yeah. And with an AI behind me, that becomes a lot more powerful. Yeah. But well, if so, I persuade you to yeah. donate to educational like mm-hmm. things, then that's a good thing, you right, know, right? right. Like, yeah, so. we need we need the people who are like who are the the do go good doers, the do gooders, the do gooders, do gooders, the do gooders of the world to control AI and see yeah. where that goes. Well. But so I'd be curious too, Jackson. Like, where do you where do you see the benefit of AI? Well, I definitely see the benefit of AI in you know. I do like how AI can't really work without it working with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it really can't function on itself right. for right now. <laughs> so just start yeah, by knock on wood today. But I, I do like, know, uh, yeah, right. You know, I, <laughs> there's a joke going between like my friends and family, like, you know, Terminator's coming back and I flat out mm-hmm. tell everybody, I'm like, I'll be Sarah Connor. Like I'll be the one <laughs> fighting, fight the power. Like, no, it won't happen. Yep. But I mean, I do see the benefit of AI in like script with writing. I haven't really heard a lot about the medical uh, side of that so mm-hmm. I don't know how to react to that but mm-hmm. regarding persuading people and mm-hmm. writing scripts or writing a blog post or anything I feel like it, it is very helpful and it it makes you look better mm-hmm. as a person and as a writer even though you really didn't write it but I mean right now I'm, I'm a little neutral about it because it's not as serious mm. But I do think it's going to get worse. But I'm just going to leave it as like that. That's I'll fair. just leave it like that's that. A, that's yeah. a totally fair response. I mean, I think and again, yeah. both sides of the coin. They're both going to get better. So yeah. all the positives are going to get more positive, and yeah. all the negatives are going to get more negative. And that's that's why it makes sense that we're in a position as owners to kind of wrestle with these questions of like, you know, where do we draw the line in yeah. terms of how much AI we do use or don't use, yeah. and like, what do we feel comfortable with? Especially as we're seeing like in the creative industry, like. We're starting to use AI for voiceover work. Yeah. And we hire a lot of voiceover artists for a lot of our projects. And so mm-hmm. that's that's a kind of moral question of like where does the company stand on on that side? I never want to hire an A voice like no, an AI voice. Yeah, maybe we can just say that right now. We don't You say <laughs> yeah. it now until it's cheaper. Yeah. It is cheaper, cheaper for AI. but there's yeah. something about it's almost the same as like, you know, back in the day when film or in person events versus mm-hmm. Zoom, like you lose something. Mm-hmm. Right, you lose something in the quality of film to video. You lose something in the quality of in person to online. You lose something yeah. in the quality of now. Is it is the loss enough to say, well, I can't connect with this or I do connect with this? I think for some projects in the future, a ton of people are going to be like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you connect with it so long as it tells you what the information is. Right, right. It might and just like, depend. Yeah. Yes and no. Like, I, <laughs> that's, I kind that's of that is all you need. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. I wrestle with that. I wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting, yeah. for sure. But this is that's not a, our AI episode. We will no, do an AI episode. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I think I'm going to sure. take a question here. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, my potentially last question for you. But yeah. uh, this is very specific and potentially, you know, again, maybe philosophical, something to think about. Okay. Uh, 
What stories would you like to see told from the Puerto Rican American experience? Oh, wow. Put yeah. me on the spot. Oh, here. yeah. Uh, side note <laughs> because my dad just did the ancestry uh, test. Oh, yeah. Got an ancestry result. You just took your DNA test? No, I haven't. I'm going <laughs> I'm going to, but my father, mm-hmm. at least, is uh, 2% Jewish. Oh, interesting. Look at that. So we'll see if I have any percentage Jewish, but I think I might convert. Entirely. <laughs> yeah. On the, two. <laughs> on the 2%, the skim milk of Jew. Uh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. You know, there's something about um, culture. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think uh, what defines culture? What, what are the elements? There's music, there is um, food, there is location, right? I think there's something about the place being there, to the architecture, mm-hmm. the artwork. So I would like to see one story about each of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a little bit of history too, right? So you, you have a hunt, like history also evolves culture in some way. But a lot of people understand food. And like, mm-hmm. you know, they say, what is it? Food is uh, a, a way to, to a man's it's like a heart. a window to the soul A or window something. to the soul. Yeah, There's many yeah. things around that. So I think a story around the food that we have, because on, I'll be honest, most of it doesn't look appetizing at all. <laughs> and it's hard, it's <laughs> hard it's to so convince good. people yeah. that it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It just doesn't look that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, for right. some it reason, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's the thing. It doesn't look like, quote unquote, Instagrammable it, it's, in that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Right? Right? <laughs> and I think it's because, you know... As a, sort of a poorer community growing up, I think there were um, different kinds of different kinds of fruits, vegetables, things that we had to grow to then make the food that we, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't have sort of like the cuisine level of making it into something beautiful. Like I think, you know, when you go to France, you think, oh, that's the capital of food in mm-hmm. a way, and they always like take the food and they make it look pretty, mm-hmm. right? You can have a shitty looking French dish. <laughs> right, but if you make it look pretty and presentable, then it's a different thing. Hmm. And so I think we have to do that with Puerto Rican food. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if you did that in a way that told the story around the history of some of the food, or hmm. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to revolve around the food, but it can revolve around that culture. Mm-hmm. Using food as a way to tell stories. It's I don't true. Know. I mean, my my Thanksgivings now. Plus, I love now. food. I mean, yeah. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> my Thanksgivings are a lot different now because I used to, you know, just have turkey and sweet potatoes and you know colored greens and (laughs) uh but now it's like pasteles and empanadas empanadas and it's so good it's so good (laughs) (laughs) oh it's amazing yeah that's what i would do yeah and there's also i mean there's also there's tons of other stories that you can tell around the puerto rican experience can be summed up in in one maybe two words identity crisis (laughs) a lot of puerto ricans feel i think i'm just i'm speaking for all puerto ricans right now okay uh, who have who have i'm speaking for all puerto ricans who have been (laughs) (laughs) right let's cancel me cancel me let's go cancel me no um the puerto rican experience at least puerto rican american experience Mm -hmm. has been always sort of divided by am i american or am i puerto rican Mm -hmm. Am I this or am I that? And we're always sort of in between, always Mm -hmm. sort of in between. And if you don't really know which camp you fall into, you can take that in two ways. You can say, identity crisis, I don't know who I am. Or you can say, I'm like a chameleon and I can like roam around Mm -hmm. and I have that ability to move over here and move over there and and feel like I'm still part of that community. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's, it's how you take it. And Mm -hmm. I think that would be the story I'd want to tell. That's fair. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Well, do you have any other questions? Last or? question, yes, yeah. for you. Let's see. I forgot what it was. Um, you do a lot of project management. Yeah. Yeah. How do you ensure that a project goes smoothly? Oh, God. What things do you take into account? <laughs> uh, my own mental health and well-being. <laughs> um, Fair. Yeah. I mean, say it again. What goes into it? Yeah. Well, how do you ensure a smooth project when you're uh, project managing? Well, you have to ask a lot of questions up front. Um, one of the things that, like, even as we were going through the process recently, we wanted to make sure that we had a series of questions that are related to not only the project and what goes into it, but the client specifically, like the person that we're working with. So when we're thinking about a schedule, one of the first things I ask is like, do you have any vacations planned <laughs> between now and the deadline of this project so that I don't make a calendar and be like, here are the dates. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm taking a week off here and I'm, I'm gone here and I've got a conference here. And then I have to change up the schedule. It's like doing double the work, right? So I think part of it comes from asking as many questions ahead of time to be as humanly prepared as possible for whatever might come our way. I mean, we've talked about this as like we have a department in our company called CPEM, which is basically crisis, crisis prevention, plan, crisis prevention, prevention emergency, emergency management. management. <laughs> and it's the idea of like in these situations, what happens? How do we make sure that we are preventing as many pitfalls that could happen throughout a production as possible? So a lot of the times it's listening to their needs, listening to our own needs on the artist side, and being conscious of just trying to make sure everybody's on the same page at each point in time. So I have to understand what education level the client is at with their knowledge of animation. And if they're, if like this is their first time approaching it, I always try to provide like guiding questions throughout yeah. the process to be like, okay, we're at this stage. This is what this stage is. This is the type of feedback that we need from you at this stage. Because if you're talking, if we're at concept art illustration and you're giving me feedback about the motion side of it, we're not there yet. <laughs> and I want to make sure that we're getting the, the questions answered that we need to make sure that this piece is the most effective that it possibly can be. So yeah, there's a lot of elements of just having clear and strong communication throughout it. I think that's it. like animation and any project management that you're doing always involves strong communication. Yeah. I, I, I remember, I agree. And I remember someone reminding if you could, if you can manage one project, you can really manage any project because <laughs> you can do it at scale. If you do yeah. it, yeah. If you do it well mm -hmm. and you know how to do it, mm -hmm. then then really it's applicable anywhere. Yeah, um, and yeah. I I will add to that that that's come from like messing up along the way, yeah. right? There's been plenty of projects that I have completely failed on <laughs> that I remember because our clients told us and they're right. like, oh, this was you know a terrible experience, and I'm like, mm. okay. How do we make this better? Yeah. Like, what do we what do we change? What do we need to add? And so, it, I think the process just gets it gets better every time. So, yeah, yeah, I think I've I've grown as a project manager over the years because of it. So, that's yes. something I can confidently say, mm. which I don't usually do. Mm. And, and, but I'm throwing a little cocky confidence into the mix here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. but that's that was that I was our plan it. here. I think that's it. I mean, yeah. I guess. Uh, Thank you, Jackson. I had. Yes. Thank yeah, you, guys. I have a lightning round question for Jackson. Uh-oh. Tell us about your favorite job. 
Oof. you've ever had favorite job I've yeah. ever had clearly we, we won't judge if it, working right, with right. us <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any the, better yeah, that, job that's the whole reason yeah. why I asked it yeah, yeah. favorite job I've ever had mm. I would honestly have to say this one mm. only because I'm at like this is my first job in my actual field mm. doing what I want to do mm-hmm. nice. so like I've never treated this as like an actual job it's like mm. you know I get a, I get to wake up every morning I get to come to work I get to try to produce or direct something and then just repeat and keep going and then right. just edit. Like, I mean, I don't know. I never treated this like an actual job. And I know mm-hmm. it sounds cliche and corny, but I don't know. It's my free, it's my <laughs> first ever job in this field. So yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm excited to actually be with this company and doing what I'm doing. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's always a wonderful feeling when you can have that kind of like magical moment of I'm in the, I'm in the place I want to be and it doesn't feel like a job all the time. It feels a lot of fun. Don't it's, let it grind you down. That's that's Which, that's my advice. Don't let, don't let the field grind you down, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. there's ways in which I've seen like people, especially in film and video, just get Creative, grinded, yeah. grinded, grinded by just repeating, repeating, repeating. Being and a like, cog in the wheel. Versus, yeah, and then yeah. also not you know not involving your own creativity. I think that's when you lose sight of like okay, there's the technical aspect of things that need to happen, and then there's like this creativity spark of like this is how I want to tell this story or this mm-hmm. is how I want to do it. You can go in one direction really hard because mm-hmm. it feels good when you get done, but over time, it's not sustainable. Yeah, for sure. And I think you have to find places to put in that creativity as you move forward. Yeah. That's yeah. my advice there. And I mean, every job has also taught us a little bit of something to get yeah. to the next place for sure, yeah. even if it was terrible. <laughs> I cleaned hotel rooms for a summer, so... Mm. I, I know a little bit about that experience, but mm. yeah, you've had many jobs. We've talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. You've yeah, had yeah. what, like 17? 17, 18, like I think. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. Plenty, yeah, of, plenty of stories to share in future episodes for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, that was the whole plan here. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Let uh, us know if, if this type of format is something you enjoy, yeah. getting, getting to know us a little bit more, kind of shooting the shit a little bit. <laughs> we don't usually swear, but you know. This is a now new we need format. to put the explicit tag on the episode. <laughs> Just to throw no, this that episode the- is not made for kids. Right, right, right. <laughs> Demonetized. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. My name is Will. My name's Catherine. Our producer is Jackson Foot. <laughs> Our music was created by Hidden and licensed through PremiumBeat.com. Thank you so much to E Media for producing this podcast. And until next time, stay honest. Stay creative. Stay open. Look at that. Look at that. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. See ya.